0: Hey, John Harris here with the Rock Metal Podcast. Join me as we get to go behind the scenes into what goes into producing records and making music as we interview some of our favorite and soon-to-be-favorite bands. Today we're chatting with Jay Ariaga of Scattered Storm. For fans of Fear Factory, Gojira, and Meshuggah, we'll be chatting about Scattered Storm's new EP, In This Dying Sun, produced and recorded by Jay Ariaga of Scattered Storm himself, and then mixed and mastered by Two Madsen. Speaking of Meshuggah... We'll get to hear the story about how all of that came to be, how to stand out in the metal scene, and so much more. So please stay tuned to the very end. But first, let's check in with our beautiful sponsors. Asher Media Relations, doing public relations for everything loud. For your band needs to be seen and heard in print, online, and radio. Head over to AsherMediaRelations.com. That's AsherMediaRelations.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and get your band noticed. Syndicall Music is a full-service agency for musicians offering record label services, marketing, branding, production, and management. Head over to syndicalmusic.com. That's syndicalmusic.com. S-Y-N-D-I-C-O-L music.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and take your music career to the next level. Go ahead and say hi to our beautiful listeners, Jay. Hey, everybody. Well, and hello back. Now, Jay, what was the greatest moment for you producing this record? It-
1: it took a, a different turn from what we did in Oblivion and it, it took a while for us to get on board with this record because it was kind of different from what we did previously. And plus we had other projects, uh, me and Andre, uh, the vocalists, uh, we started during the pandemic uh, a project called No Line on Earth, so that kind of kept us busy with uh, not getting the new Scattered Storm started um, because we were we were doing that particular record with some friends from Brazil who are pretty popular. Shout out to them, uh, Alan from Eminence, and PJ Acosta from Shota Quest, who's a very famous band over there in Brazil. Um, and you know, we had guest appearances from Andreas Kisser and Caesar Soto from Ministry, uh, and Two Matson actually did a, a project. That's how we kind of got acquainted with him because uh, he he played a solo on that particular project. So when it came to producing in this dying sun, we went to i mean i mixed the first record and i mean it's pretty good turned out good um but we wanted to go in a in a different direction and you know my buddy alan from from eminence he has his his record was at one point produced by two mats and he told me why don't you just have two mats and mix it and i was like okay well that's gonna be interesting he just did the new sugar record i mean when back then, when I was a new one, and you know, he's worked with bands like Mimic and um, uh, several other very popular bands, and I like his sound, so that was pretty exciting to begin with. Um, but you know, for the most part, it was kind of solidifying the style that we want to bring, which is very eclectic. It's you know, industrial, it's futuristic, it's primal, uh, and just kind of cementing that once more. But kind of expanding on it was the exciting part for me, producing it. Plus, vocally, it was going to be more demanding. And, you know, producing Andre proved to be that kind of challenge because, I mean, it took us a while to record the vocals because it was not that straightforward. So, I mean, in the end, the, the final product was pretty... Pretty amazing.
0: Well, and Jay, I completely agree with you that the final product is pretty amazing. And I mean, you know, to sum it up for Rock Metal Nation listening in, I believe you had mentioned, you know, doing a project with Andreas Kisser from Sepultura, Caesar Soto from Ministry, and two Madsen coming in to play a guitar solo. And then, you know, eventually you were chatting with one of your friends and uh he recommended moving the mixing duties over to Toom Adson, who, as you said, had just uh, worked on the new Meshuggah record and a few other records that you really like. And personally, I can think of a lot of records that I love, like Poison Black, uh, that Toom Adson had at least mixed, you know, had some kind of a hand in I mean, the guy's the guy's incredible. Now, something you'd mentioned, though, was also some challenges uh, producing this record. What was the biggest challenge for you, Jay? Well, uh, one, we kind of incorporated faster-paced songs. So,
1: technique-wise, we kind of had to adjust because we've been... Um, and it's always going to be part of Scattered Storm, uh, you know, the low-tempo-type sludginess from, that we kind of incorporate from, like like we said, like from Shogun Roses, Um That's always going to be part of it. and, and it's hard to do that because there's a lot of control. But, you know, in This Dying Sun, um, Kevin kind of, you know, wrote a couple of riffs that were faster. So adjusting to that was pretty, pretty challenging too. Plus, we had uh, a song like Scene, which was um, pretty progressive rock, because it kind of deals with my background, you know, I'm I'm more of a prog rock kind of guy, you know, King Crimson and all that. So all these time changes while keeping it, you know, radio friendly was really the challenge, you know, Um, and, you know, that proved to be quite the challenge the challenging part on this record
0: yeah well i mean adjusting to higher pace tempos and adding in some prog rock uh time changes from you know the traditional uh low tempo type sludginess that you had mentioned and you know keeping it radio friendly you know which is important not necessarily you want to become the next justin bieber by any stretch of the imagination but i mean rock metal nation you're listening in right now you're a metal head and you're thinking I don't know. Why do I want to be on the radio? Well, you know, why not? I mean, it's a way to reach a larger audience with your art and with your craft. Now, Jay, you mentioned you're kind of trying some new things here. Sometimes that means a new piece of gear. Is there something that was different about the gear that was used on this record? Is there like, I don't know, a fuzz pedal you want to give a shout out to?
1: Um. Well, I had to, you know, the mixing and recording challenges increase as your ideas start getting more expensive, right? So, yeah, definitely uh, computers have been evolving and it created it created kind of a ruckus for me recording this album because, you know, I was using a Mac from 2011 maybe uh, and, you know, I had been pretty good up until this point in recording everything that I was doing and mixing several tracks. But, you know, you start evolving as to the, the plugins that you use and, you know, you start using more digital um plugins and and software that are just more demanding on your computer so my computer just crapped out at the end <laughs> and it was like yeah no i can't you know this record's not gonna be made on this computer so i had to get another more powerful m1 type mac you know to do so and that was the most beautiful part about you know recording this record because now i can really um, dump pretty much whatever i want into it um the other thing that was pretty amazing is that you know we used a lot of digital guitar plugins to record the first album and on this record we went with real amps which was kind of funny cuz when I sent all the stem, the stems to to Madsen, I was like I'm not sending you any dIs I'm sending you everything as is analog and that's going to be your challenge <laughs> to mix this record and he was pretty cool about it he was like no no I mean it's your sound we're going to make you sound as as best possible. So that was great because, you know, the bass is what was recorded. It was not something that I sent in a DI and he could repatch. I mean, the only thing that was really uh, sampled were the drums. And that's it. That's where I was most comfortable with, you know, because, I mean, obviously I'm not in a big LA studio getting, you know, these fantastic drum sounds. So I kind of had some, I gave him a little bit of leeway into that. And it turned out to be a great thing because... Uh, he partnered up with Drumforge and created some samples for them. And he featured one of our songs on, on his example. So that was pretty cool. And that was the actual song, the song in the Stein song. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Uh, that's great. I mean, the input that I've gotten from industry people and, you know, like, like him is that, you know, it, he, he told me flat out, it's like, you got something really good going on here. I mean, so that's always encouraging. And, you know, it just wants to, it, it made me want to continue and really push this, you know, because I'm like, okay, I'm not hearing it from my head always, you know, yeah, I think this is good. No, somebody else told me, you know, from the industry, you know, this is good. And I want to use your stuff because it's pretty good. And I'm like, okay, fantastic. You know, So it makes you feel pretty good.
0: Yeah. For you listening in right now, how many times have you been working on an idea? Maybe it's a band. Maybe it's another podcast. And you're getting feedback from anybody but the industry. And what ends up happening? They blow smoke up your butt. (laughs) I've been there. I know what that's like. Uh, You have your mom, your girlfriend, whoever. Uh, I just recently read a blog post about a girl who... She says she notoriously dates musicians and she's getting tired of it because there are so few talented musicians out there. <laughs> she was being pr- <laughs> being pretty brutal about it. And she said, I'm getting tired of having them look at me with starry eyes and say, so how, how was it, babe? And she has to come up with a story. So definitely look for that industry level uh, feedback <laughs> as to how, yeah. how you're doing. More to come, but let's go ahead and check in with our beautiful sponsors. Two Madsen is responsible for producing, mixing, and mastering some of the best metal for over the last 20 years. From Meshuggah to The Haunted to Poison Black, Kipper Profiler Packs for guitar players, and Easy Drummer Expansion Packs for programming drums. Two Madsen can take your production to a level previously unheard. Head over to twomadsen.com. That's twomadsen.com. T-U-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. Click Contact. Fill out the info for your next project and let two know that the rock metal podcast sent you. Wormhole Death is a modern record label, publishing, and film production company born in 2008. Getting signed to this label means global distribution, publishing, and marketing with Wormhole Death's roster of global partnerships. Head over to WormholeDeath.com. That's WormholeDeath.com. Submit your band and let them know the rock metal podcast sent you. How would you define success at this stage of your career with regard to this record release, Jay?
1: Well, uh, that's a very good question. How do you measure success overall, really, in this day and age? You know, in this industry. I mean, is it how many followers you have? Is it how many you know TikTok responses you've gotten? Because I mean, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of tricky. Because I mean, you can get bots to you know blow up your page uh, many many ways that are not organic. To it, so um, when when I try and measure success, I measure it in small instances, not really like a whole blow up of what what the goal is. I mean, they're they're tiny success. I mean, we started out with the first record; it was okay, so we kind of put our name in the on the map. So now the success was okay. We're we're out there, obviously. Um, the the other stage of the success was that the record was very well received. I mean, the reviews were pretty good. Um, and you know we got some really really cool reviews from people all over the world, and that's really what you want to you want to get across because it's your music. And you're not really compromising to to write such music. I mean, the other part of the success was to get a, a global distributor like Bloodbless, uh, which not a lot of bands have. Um, so I guess it, like like I said, it's it's in tiny stages. We're we're playing more. Um, so you take your victories in that sense. You know what I mean? It's not really like, oh, yeah, no, we made so much. Our fan base is growing uh, slowly but steady. And we kind of do stand out from from a lot of bands that are out there. I mean, I was listening to, I was kind of going through a podcast webpage the other day, and it features so many bands and so many bands, unfortunately, they sound, I mean, pretty much the same. and And... That's one of the main goals for us. That we're we're like, we don't want to sound like anything out there. It doesn't matter. We're not overly technical, or we're not blast beating our way, you know, through through songs, which is pretty popular right now. So we're kind of going against the grain when it comes to that. And really, we're really set up in our in our ways uh, as to what we want to do.
0: Who knows? I mean, the the
1: next record might be a little bit popular, you know, because that's how we feel. You know, the record's gonna go. Uh, we really don't have any boundaries in regards to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jay, you hit it on the head. There's so many things for a band to worry about right now. So many, so many moving parts. I mean, there's there's your social media campaigns, and you know, you know, is that a gauge of success? There's just the reception of the record in general, which obviously means something. Uh, having those music industry level partners who are willing to support your work. I mean, earlier in the interview, you mentioned to Madsen, which is great, who said that you guys are doing something good. And then you have Bloodblast, who's distributing your record around the globe, which is absolutely fantastic. And I mean, the next part of it is you mentioned basically what it sounds like is evolving your sound. So could you take us a bit more through that? What does evolving your sound mean for you? Uh
1: it's gonna be obviously more in the in the musical sense. Um, because right now we are even like I never stop writing music and um right now I have like five or six, probably seven songs already, you know, for the next next record that we want to put out soon. Because uh, um, that's what it is right now, it's just putting music out. Um and uh, you know, I've been finding that these songs sound uh much different than, you know, what in this dying sun or or Oblivion were. And and it's just me trying to, you know, incorporate more melodic aspects you know more industrial parts you know sometimes i can put dance beats in it and it's and it's just me not not giving a crap about you know where where the direction is going to go for the song yeah it's going to be heavy but let's define heavy nowadays um i don't think heavy is just distortion you know i think heavy is uh is feeling and and beat you know to me it, it, it encompasses way more than just a uh, low drop tune guitar it, it it can be you know a chord it can be it can be a, a sequence a melodic sequence so that's that's where the evolution comes for us you know we're, we're not just ingrained to you know oh it needs to be you know we need to hit the low low b right there it's like no yeah i mean it's going to be part of it but you know there's so much that builds up up to it and i think that that's where scattered. Um, you know, given our background, our musical background, you know, can evolve into doing these different things.
0: Yeah, chugging on that low B, baby. I mean, come on, we can always go lower and notes All all the way until you can only feel it. You can't even hear it. You can only feel it. But I mean, yeah, heavy isn't just distortion. It's the feeling behind it. Even you mentioned a melodic progression. I mean, it's it's so many things, and uh, I enjoy your definition. Now, for Rock Battle Nation listening in, who is wanting to find out more about you, what's the number one thing you want listeners to do? Where should they go? Well, first of all, uh, appreciate the music. Enjoy it. Um, and if you do,
1: which is the first great part of this you know, engagement process between band and fan, is uh, spread the word out uh yeah we're on instagram we're on tiktok we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on youtube everywhere Uh, we have our videos up in youtube we're doing a video for each song actually um we're going to release one at the end of january again for the song hollow um so yeah hit it up spread the word um share these videos you know show the love And and that's like the most satisfying part to us, you know, that you're able to join on this journey for us, wherever your platform is, you know, Spotify, Apple iTunes, stream it, enjoy it, and just keep keep following us.
0: Absolutely! freaking Wow. So many incredible value bombs dropped today, Rock Metal Nation. My personal favorite being getting the right kind of feedback on your music. Now, if you're curious to see those music videos that Jay had mentioned, then go ahead and head over to our website. That's therockmetalpodcast.ca. In the search bar at the top, type in Scattered Storm, and the show notes for today are going to pop up for you, giving you all those juicy extra details from today's episode. Now, Jay, thank you so much for coming on to The Rock Metal Podcast. And Thank you very much. Um, uh, And we we appreciate everything you guys do for us as
1: far as spreading the word. So um, thank you very much.
0: And that's it for this episode of the Rock Metal Podcast. Stay tuned because next week we're going to be chatting with Olivier Allard of the band Side of Mind. They hired a producer. It sounded good, but was it the right decision? How do you even choose the right producer? Go ahead and hit subscribe on your podcast player. Share it with your friends. I'll see you next week.